Praise the Lord. It's time to get started. It's time to give him glory. Come on, stand to your feet. Simple song that says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Yes, he is good. Okay, y'all wait for me now. Wait for me. Wait for me. Here we go. Oh, give thanks.
you're my king. us, not just protecting us in the daytime, but Lord, you protect us all night long, send an angel around us to shield us and protect us, not only, dear Lord, from others, but Lord, sometimes we have to be protected from ourselves, so Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy for all the praise that you get. But we thank you for all that you've done for us. But we thank you for all that you're doing now for us. And Lord, we thank you for what you will do for us in the future. For Lord, you're worthy for these praises. And then Lord, we pray that you continue to go with us and lead us and guide us. And Father, we invite you into this worship service on this day. 
Let you be with us. Let you log in for the ones that want to shout hallelujah. Let them not be ashamed. Let us lift your name up. But not just here, Lord, at the 11 o'clock service. Let us lift you up, not just on Sunday, but let us, dear Lord, lift you up on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. These now, these are precious prayers. And we pray them in the name of Jesus the Christ, the one that you allowed to go to Yonder's Cross for each and every one of us. Now for those of us that are not ashamed of the gospel, let us say amen one time for the Father. Let us now say amen one time for the Son and a big old amen one time for the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen, and amen. worship this morning. He deserves it. I love you. this morning, so we're going to ask that they would come in their own way. Brother Deacon. Good morning, church. We can do better than that. This is the day the Lord has made. Good morning, church. Amen. This morning I'm bringing the scripture. We'll be coming from Jeremiah, the 8th chapter, uh, beginning on the 22nd verse. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, creator of this beautiful universe, we come as humble as we know how to say thank you for another day's journey. Thank you for watching over us whilst we slept and stumbled last night. Just us with a finger of love to let us see a day that we've never seen and never will see again, Father. We ask you to bless each and every member of this congregation. Help us to realize that all God, all power in heaven and earth is in your hand. Father, bless now the man that's going to bring the word. Father, help him 
to rule him. Keep him in your care. Throw your loving arms of protection around him, Father. Father, as he bring you the word, let us, let us accept it. Father, let us do what is right and just. Crown our heads with wisdom, knowledge, a better understanding how to seek and serve thee, thee alone, Father. Give us love that runs from heart to heart. Bless our pastor, our pastor emeritus. Bless this congregation. Help us, Father, to do your will. Father, bless this city, state, and nation. Bless our president. Bless our governor. Bless our mayor. Father, bless, Father, each and every one of them. Help them to realize that all power in heaven and earth is in your hands, Father. Father, look down on that drug dealer, that drug pusher, that robber, that murder, that thief. Help them to realize, Father, there's a better way. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Our response to reading. May we all read together. Let's do that one more time. It sounds pretty good. Let's try it one more time. Amen. God's worry for God's people. All right, while you're standing and already sounding good, why don't you lift your voice and sing our congregational this morning. It's going to be a familiar one. Jesus is on the main line.
Good morning, church. This is our church covenant. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and on the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, we do now, in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort, to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expense of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, to be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment, to avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger, to abstain from the sale and use of intoxicating drink as a beverage, and to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember each other in prayer, to aid each other in sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy in feeling and courtesy in speech, to be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. We moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. We can thank our deacons for a wonderful devotion service. Let's give our deacons a round of applause and make them feel good because they did good. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. This time now, we're going to ask that you prepare to give as you have been so blessed. And you know what they say, you can't be God-given. Amen. The choir will give us a message in song. The ushers will provide assistance if you need that. But at this time now, we're going to ask that we prepare to give this as our benevolent offering. Choir, ushers.
There is no other name, no other name by which man, woman, girl, or boy can be saved except the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you that you have given us the victory through Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving us in spite of us. Lord, thank you for having mercy on us when we messed up and gave us your only begotten son. And for that, we will forever be grateful. We thank you now, Lord, for these, these who have given in this offering. Thank you, Lord, for the offering. And we pray for those who desire to give that had nothing to give. We pray for them also. And Lord God, we pray for those that, we be, that will be blessed through this offering. And we ask that you will bless through the name and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just a minute, amen. No, no, you're fine, you're fine. It just, it just hit me just a minute ago. I was listening to you uh, read the church covenant, and um, it, 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 how many of y'all come from the country? I mean, you, you, you come from the, you're in the city now, but you come from the country, amen. If you come from the country, you know something about uh, splitting churches. You know, first and third Sunday you'd be at one church and second and fourth Sunday you'd be at the other church and your church might be the Baptist church first and third Sunday then second and fourth Sunday you go where wherever the other church might be the Methodist church how many y'all know what I'm talking about amen it might be the sanctified church it'd be wherever you could go and get church amen and 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 I don't know this choir look like they want to sing a little bit Y'all mind singing a little bit? I want y'all to take me to the sanctified church for just a minute. Yeah, we're going to go sanctified for just a minute. There's a few songs that the old church used to sing. Y'all know these songs. Y'all know these songs. It, 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 it used to say, um, There's a storm out over the ocean And it's moving this away if your soul now they know it anchored in jesus it will surely drift away there's a storm there's a storm out over the ocean and it's moving this away y'all help me say it if your soul not anchored in jesus it will surely, surely drift away. Then they used to say, just drift away, Lord. Drift away, Lord. It will surely, y'all help me say it, drift away. If your soul not anchored in Jesus, it will surely, surely drift. Then they used to say this. I'm a soldier 
in the army I'm a soldier in the army I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord I'm a soldier in the army Got my war clothes on in the army of the Oh, I got my war clothes on in the army I got my war clothes on in the army Got my war clothes on And the old mother used to say If I die, let me die in the army of if I die, let me die Oh, if I die, let me die If I die, let me die God is a good God They say, yes He is God is a good, good God Yes He is God is a good God, yeah. Oh, I know God is a good, good God. And God is a holy God. I'm so glad God is a holy God. And God is a holy God. Holy God, then they used to just have a praise break and put your hands together. Yeah, praise his name. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. my, 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 my. That's what they did in the sanctuary. That's what they did. Yeah. I'm gonna live so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to live so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. Oh, I'm going to live so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. Oh, I'm, I'm going to live so God can use me Anywhere, Lord Lord, anytime Come on and put your hands together Bless us Seem like that hit the spot, huh? Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor, for introducing that, and think of all of us who remember that from back when. Amen. This time now, we want to just pause and share a few announcements with you. We ask that you please pray for Sister Cola Williams and her family. Her oldest brother was electrocuted uh, yesterday or maybe the day before in Faraday, Louisiana. We ask you to please pray for that family. Also, we ask you to pray for our own sister Carter. Most of you know that she lost a brother and was laid to rest on yesterday, and we ask you to please pray for them as well. 
I know that this will be uh, emphasized later on, but you might know, I may, you might want to know that our own Reverend Reginald will be preaching at the convention on the 18th. And I believe that's at 11 o'clock, and I know that, well, you know what he, well, anyway. <laughs> Just do what the, what the Lord tell you to do, amen. But um, we thank God, yeah, pray and then show up, and maybe even show out if you want to, amen. <laughs> but we ask you to please uh, support our pastor. Uh, we went over to, he, at least he went over to uh, uh, Church of Wind. I guess in South Jackson, Greater New Jerusalem just did such an outstanding job. And um, we also thank the uh, choir that went with him, the voices. And then, just so that you'll know, this choir that you see in front of you will be uh, with the pastor down at the, on Wednesday. So we ask that you go and support all of our members. Amen. I believe these are our announcements from here. We get some additional announcements from the media. Media, you're on. Good morning, Kay Chapel. There's still time for you to show your support to Miss Adriana Crosby as she vies for the title of Miss YPD during the pageant that will be held on July the 18th. Good luck, Adriana. We love you, and we know you will represent Kay Chapel well. Please be sure to note these new combined choir rehearsal times. The choir rehearsal on Thursday, July the 19th at 6.30 p.m., and Saturday, July the 21st at 9.30 a.m. There will be no choir rehearsal today on Sunday, July the 15th. Again, no rehearsal today. All members who are interested in singing in the pastor's anniversary celebration should join us for the rehearsals that will be held on Thursday, July the 19th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, July the 21st at 9.30 a.m. Attention ladies, New Vision Taekwondo is offering free self-defense classes. If you'd like more information about these classes, please contact Brother Darrell Sanders at 601-613-2272 or Brother John Johnson at 769-232-5826. Calling all Kate Chapel Rising High School juniors and seniors and the 2018 high school graduates. Your back to school preparation excursion will be held on Saturday September the 1st in the Big Easy. That's right, folks, we're headed to New Orleans. The fun bus will depart Cade at 6 a.m. and return 12 hours later. Interested youth are asked to contact Sister Sharon Turner Davis for a registration form. The firm deadline to register for this excursion is Sunday, August the 5th. The Back to School Bash will be held on August the 4th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Willie Wright Senior Family Life Center. School supplies from backpacks to paper and crayons will be given away in the midst of fun games and food. Supplies or monetary contributions will be accepted on or before July the 27th. Bins for collection will be at the main and side entrances of the sanctuary. Please see Sister Tabitha Britton, Faith Martin, or Jennifer Gray in the Fellowship Hall if you'd like more information. The General Missionary Baptist State Convention begins on Monday, July the 16th. Join us on July the 18th during the 11 o'clock hour where Pastor Buckley will give his annual address and announce his candidacy for the 2020 campaign. We're asking all K Chapel members to show up and show your support. 
and we need you to keep that support flowing right on through Thursday, July the 19th at 1 p.m., where Sister Coleman will give her annual address at the Marriott as well. We look forward to seeing all of you this week at the convention. We had a blast under the big top as we kicked off our pastor's anniversary celebration and honored our first family. We'll continue with our celebration on Sunday, July the 22nd, and invite you to join us during the 11 o'clock worship service. Don't forget about your little green envelopes, and we'll see you next Sunday. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of Week. This time we have some that are ready for the right hand of fellowship and visitors. We're going to recognize you, but at this time I'm going to ask Sister Valerie Martin, come on down, Valerie. Lula Sawyer, please come on down. Ariel Wright, come on down front. And while they are coming, we're going to ask all of our visitors now, listen, if you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you right now to stand up. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, won't you please stand up? Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. This is with, no, remain standing if you don't mind. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buckley, our pastor Marriage, Reverend Horace Buckley, all the members of the, this church, we thank you so very much for your presence. If you're just visiting, please come anytime it's kept to allow. But if by chance you're looking for a church home, before you leave here today, we're going to try to convince you that you just found home. And while you're standing, we're not going to let you just stand there and not offer something. So we're going to give you something you can only get here at K. Chapel Baptist Church. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K. Chapel.
believe we're going to have a young man that's going to give us some little information. I'm asking if he please come at this time, and I know that you'll want to listen so that you get it all right. Do I have two minutes or three? I'm definitely not running for office, but... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Mother. And I, I, I believe my mothers would agree with me when I say that I don't know where Pastor Buckley is, but he definitely make us proud. Cade proud is what I'd call it, kind of hashtag Cade proud. And you know, folks, I know some of y'all are just like me. It doesn't matter if you're at Walmart or you're in a grocery store. When the question comes up, somebody says, what church do you attend? That's what I'm talking about. Your chest kind of poke out. Your chest poke out. You say, Cade Chapel, under the leadership of Reverend Reginald Buckley. The other day I was at the pool and my daughter, six years old, she's playing with some new friends. And I heard her say, um, I go to Kay Chapel and Reverend Buckley is my pastor. And it seemed like her little chest was poked out. Reverend Buckley just make us Cade proud. The other day, um, Brother Moncure and I was on the golf course and I had a guy that hadn't played with us in, a, in quite some time. He said, don't you go to Kay Chapel? And immediately, yeah, my chest poked out. He said, oh, Reverend Reginald Buckley. I'm like, yes, sir. He said, man, somebody shared a sermon with me on Facebook. He, he couldn't believe that Reverend Buckley was right here in Jackson. He thought he was from Atlanta or Dallas or somewhere. <laughs> but there again, I was Cade proud. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but no pun intended. Um, when I tell, the, tell you that we had the best pastor in the city, the state, and even this country. And we thank God daily for Pastor Buckley. We thank God for his family, for them sharing him with us. But once a year, we take time out to show how much we really appreciate him. And next week, we'll be celebrating 11 years of dedicated service. And we're asking each member to only give $50 to show Pastor Buckley how much we really appreciate him and how much he makes each one of us Cade proud. That's what he likes. <laughs> we all like that, amen. This time now we're going to pause for a final time and so that we all can bless and to be blessed. We're going to get some information from the pulpit. We're going to ask you to prepare to give now if you have been so blessed. You can, uh, Reverend Wright. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he given, will he pay him again? So cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Bring ye all the tides into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. May the Lord add his blessings to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Ushers, choir.
Doxology together.
choir sounding so good. I think they are going to come in their own way and help us to be prepared for the message that's forthcoming. Choir, will you please come now with the final selection for the morning? Yeah. 
I need God is who I need him to be God is where I need him to be God is he just is he exists outside of eternity and yet he holds all of time in his hands he just is says I was in the beginning I will be in the end and then he told Abraham he said I'll be what you need me to be Moses asked who shall I tell him sent me tell him tell him I am I, I will be what I will be I I will do what I will do I just am I don't know how you feel about it but I'm glad I serve a God who is not a past tense God, but he's a right now God. I can call on him right now and he'll answer right now because he is, he is my everything. We thank God for this day. Thank God for this choir. Amen. Can we bless, amen, the angelic choir this morning? Amen. God bless you. I will try not to hold you long. Thank you, Doc. Jeremiah chapter 8. Amen. Daddy said I can take my time. Jeremiah chapter 8, uh, verse 22. 
Jeremiah 8, verse 22, there you will find these words recorded. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? That's enough right there. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? I want to talk from the subject this morning, how to handle church hurt. How to handle church hurt. If you have been privy to social media over the last week, the hashtag church hurt has been trending strong in large part due to the recent tirade by gospel singer Leandria Johnson. In a series of Facebook Live videos, Leandria Johnson uses some choice language to describe the issues that she has with the church, with church leaders and with church people. The expletive-laden videos got the attention of the Essence Music Festival for which Leandria Johnson had been scheduled to sing. But on the Saturday prior to her Sunday performance, Essence called and canceled her appearance. Johnson later posted videos apologizing for what she said, but the damage had been done. And the conversation began about how to interpret her actions. Many were shocked and disappointed that a gospel singer of this caliber, gospel singer, Sunday's best winner, with such a gift for the body of Christ, could be so bitter toward the church itself. And to the extent of labeling it and the Christian faith in such derogatory terms. Others condemned her as being ungodly, unholy, undisciplined, and altogether out of order. But using such language against the body of Christ and suggested that she was in need of both repentance and spiritual counsel. Still others came to her defense, sympathizing with her and praying for her and standing by her because in their minds they could identify with her and her church hurt. Church hurt, to be clear, my brothers and sisters, is no new term, neither is it a new reality. But the Johnson event over the last week has brought a new level of attention and opened up the conversation about how people end up being hurt in and by and through the church. I will concede that there are certainly instances when church leaders, church members, and even church policies have done harm to people. Some people have been overlooked by churchgoers, mistreated by church leaders, disappointed by church members, or victimized by church practices and policies. Yes, 
publicly shaming individuals who have fallen or spreading information and needlessly exposing people's struggles or misusing authority are all unfortunate realities that have played out in the context of church life and have left people wounded in the wake of bad behavior. Such behavior, let us admit, has caused stumbling blocks in the development of many people's faith lives as they attempt to try and reconcile the dichotomy between Christian love as described in the Bible and their experiences within the Christian church. But my goal this morning is not to defend or discredit Leandria Johnson. Rather, I believe that such instances as this in these kinds of moments, the body of Christ is to be a healing balm for those who hurt. For in too many instances, we end up shooting our wounded rather than restoring them. Paul writes in Galatians 6, he says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. In, and then he says, Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. The biblical protocol then for handling those who have been overtaken by their issues or overtaken by their emotions or overtaken by their hurt or overtaken by that which causes disruption in their behavior is for the church to seek their restoration. And watch this, and to do so with humility, not arrogance. But humility, that, that means that, that while you're helping folk get recovered, you don't look your nose down at them. But while you're trying to help folk get back on the right track, you, you don't act like you've never messed up. While you're trying to help folk get back in the fellowship, that, that, that you don't look down upon them as, as if they are so far beneath you, but do so with humility. In the spirit of meekness, Paul says, considering yourself. In other words, in other words, ask yourself the question, how would you want the church to respond to you? If you messed up, what would you want the church to do with you? If, if you missed them, how would you want the church to respond to you if you were not at your best self? How would you want the church to react to you if you weren't putting your best foot forward or your best face on? What would you want from the church in your low time? Consider yourself. Consider how you have fallen, perhaps not publicly, but certainly privately. Consider yourself and your own struggle with sin. Consider how you have been forgiven. Consider how someone may have come to your aid. Consider how somebody gave you another chance. Consider how somebody didn't throw you out but allowed you to get back up again. Consider yourself before you throw folk out. I believe that's why Paul is very direct in who he speaks to or writes to. He said, ye who are spiritual. Suggesting that everybody in the church uh, may, may not really be spiritual. There may be some people in the church, but and they can sing real good and, and they can praise and worship with the best of them and they can, they can put on a holy face and make it look like they're real in the God. But, but are you really?
Perhaps the indication of the measurement of how into the Lord you are is your ability to heal those who hurt. That is the church's responsibility. Restoration. That is the church's obligation. Restoration. That is the work of the church to make the way for people who are wounded, broken, and hurt to be restored in their faith, to have their hopes in the church restored, and to be restored within the fellowship of the body of Christ. That is our work. A lot of church hurt could be avoided if we simply followed the precepts and the principles of God's word. A lot of church fallouts could be avoided. If we follow God's principles and precepts, uh, a lot of church fights and church splits could be avoided if we followed God's precepts and principles. And just for a few minutes this morning, I want to walk you through a few ideas about handling church hurt so that people and the body of Christ don't end up wounded in the very place for which there should be healing. The church where we should be restored. Now at the outset of this, let me, allow me a few moments to make a few distinctions for you. At least one that I think will be very important as we talk about this. I want you to be clear on this, that you don't confuse how I'm defining church hurt. There is a difference between bad behavior and criminal behavior. Hear me now. Bad behavior can be reconciled. Criminal behavior needs to be prosecuted. Y'all not going to talk to me in here. Your bad, bad behavior can be rectified. Criminal behavior needs to result in some arrests. Y'all don't, 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 don't believe this coming from a preacher, but I'm going to press my point. If, if someone is sowing seeds of discord, that's bad behavior. But, but, but if someone is sexually abusing an individual, that's criminal behavior. And unfortunately, it is the reality that there are some abusers of authority and power who occupy church pulpits and church offices all over this world. And in instances where crimes have been committed, where people have been physically, emotionally, or sexually abused, where people have been psychologically manipulated or harassed, where the vulnerable have been preyed upon, not prayed for, but preyed upon, where trust has been violated, I believe that it is the responsibility of the church to protect the victim and to prosecute the abuser. There's no need of churches protecting wolves and exposing sheep. Can't get no help in here. You, you got wolves who are fleecing sheep, who are hurting sheep, who are doing damage emotionally and otherwise to sheep, and churches just sitting up there acting like they're so in love with the pastor. 
or the leadership that they can't hold criminal behavior accountable? Y'all ain't going to talk to me in here. I'm talking about criminal behavior that day. I ain't talking about speculation now. I ain't talking about gossiping what they say. I'm talking about what's been proven. There's no need of churches looking over the wounded sheep. The pain, the wounds, the scars that result from such misuse and abuse is the kind of hurt that is deep and damaging to the soul. And so that is not what I mean when I'm talking about church hurt. That's criminal behavior. But, but the kinds of hurt that I'm talking about is the kind of hurt that results from gossip. The kind of hurt that results from neglect or mistreatment or abandonment or judging others or being unaccepting and not letting people into your groups or misunderstanding and, and being messy and cliquish and mean-spirited and, and insensitive in all kinds of behaviors that cause people to become jaded with the... That's the kind of behavior I'm talking about when I talk about church hurt. Because that's the kind of behavior that ends up hurting a lot of people and causing people to leave saying, I'm never coming back again. And so I want to help you with that kind of church hurt. When you've been hurt, number one, first thing I want to leave with you, determine if you were too easily offended. I know you weren't expecting that. Determine if you were too easily offended. Hear me and hear me good. Come here, come here, come here, come here. In life, in life, here, come here, come here. In life, you cannot be so quick to be hurt. You, you cannot be so quick to be offended, so quick to have your feelings hurt. The, the reality is, and I said this today at 8 o'clock, the, the reality is, is that in churches these days, there are too many snowflake Christians. Snowflake Christians. In other words, in other words, they, they can't handle anything and, and, and they melt at the first sign of pressure. So, so somebody talk about them and they go melting. So, so somebody don't speak to them and they melt. So somebody didn't speak it and they, they looked at me funny and you go to melting. Quit, 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 quit being offended at everything and grow up. Y'all ain't going to talk to me this morning. Snowflake Christians can't take criticism and, and can't take instruction and can't take a suggestion or can't even take a joke. Snowflake Christians melt under the pressure of others without even understanding what it means to suffer for Christ's sake. Somewhere I read in our covenant there what you said this morning that we promise to be slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation that means that I cannot be so quick to be hurt you cannot be so in your feelings that you don't give people an opportunity or room to make a mistake or then give yourself room to extend grace and offer forgiveness as a believer hear me my brothers and sisters you've got to have thicker skin than that 
Jesus said to his disciples, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus said, listen, if they did it to Moses, if they did it to Abraham, if they did it to David, if they did it to Joseph, if they did it to, why do you think you're going to get through this life without it happening to you? Quit be, tell your neighbor, quit being a snowflake. Quit being a snowflake. Grow up, grow up. Get some thick skin about you. Quit melting at the first sign of pressure. While I'm there, let me, let me say something else about snowflake Christians that I've discovered. A snowflake Christian oftentimes will rebuff being challenged charged or chastised and rather claim church hurt. In, in, in other words, yeah, you, you hurt me. Why? Because, because you, you told me that I wasn't living right. Well, let's see. You living with somebody you ain't married to. See, somebody got hurt already, snowflake. See, no, nobody, nobody wants to be checked, challenged, or charged by the church when that is the church's responsibility to let you know where wrong is and where right is and what side you need to be on. And when the church does its job, that's not church hurt. That's a responsible church. Keeping the standard of holiness and righteousness in front of the people. Don't go charging church hurt just because the preacher dared to tell you what was right. Amen, somebody. There is still a standard that the church must lift up before its people and there's no reason for you leaving the church talking about the church hurt you when the church was only doing its job. Number two, number two, number two, number two. Secondly, don't globalize a localized problem. Say that again. Don't globalize a localized problem. In other words, I, I hear this all the time. Folk, folk get upset with the church, with something that happened in, in, in that church, in that church they were part of. Somebody made a man, they leave, and, and here's what they say. I ain't never coming to the church no more. That's, that's why I don't fool with the church and church folk. And suddenly, suddenly, watch this. You painted a large brush about church folk in general when you really had an issue with one folk one person at one church in particular. Quit globalizing a localized problem. Just because you had a problem with that church does not mean all churches are like that. Just because you had an issue there, don't map that on every Christian. Every Christian ain't wretched. Talk to me, somebody. Quit, quit global, globalizing, localized problems. In other words, deal with the issue where it is and quit. Listen, you did that in the world. You, you understood how not to globalize a localized problem. When, when you were in the world, if you didn't like one club, you didn't stop going to clubs. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you, you knew how not to globalize a localized problem. If, if you didn't like what they were serving at Patrick's, you went to Casanova's. You, you didn't like the music at Palm Beach, you went to Maximilian's. You, you, don't y'all get quiet on me, I'm going to call your club. You didn't like the strip, you went to the Stardust. You, you found the one that works for you. Don't do the church like that. Quit globalizing something that was happening at one church. Number three, number three, don't publicly blast what should be privately discussed. Don't publicly blast what should be privately discussed. Jesus teaches this in Matthew chapter 18 when he says, if you have a disagreement or an ought with your brother, he says, go to your brother, you and he alone. Watch this. Didn't say go to Facebook. He said go to your brother. Didn't say go to Twitter. He said go to your brother. Don't go to Instagram. Go to your brother. Go to the person that you have an issue with. See, and this is the thing about this new age. Nobody likes to get into real conversations anymore. We, we want to air everything in public and get a social frenzy going on rather than really having a one-to-one -one dialogue where we can get down and talk about the issues. Now quit blasting people publicly and deal with the issue face-to-face. That's scripture, y'all. That's scripture, y'all. I love, I love, I love, I love what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 18 of that very, very text, he says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He says again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on anything as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. He says, watch this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We take all of that scripture that I just read and totally misuse that scripture because oftentimes when we use that scripture we're talking about things that we want to happen and I need somebody to come and touch and agree with me and and hold my hand and if two or three are gathered in his name that he's going to be in the midst of us and and, and I'm going to use that as solace for my poorly planned meeting because then but three or four or five of us show up and, and you know you should have planned it way ahead of time to get more people there but the Lord said if two or three are here the Lord is here that ain't what this scripture is about this scripture is about when you have a disagreement with your brother and your sister and when you decide that you all are going to reconcile it, Jesus says, I'm going to show up. Where two or three have gathered together in order to restore relationship, Jesus says, if you touch and agree whatever you join together on earth, I'm going to join it together in heaven. With you loose it on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. He said, and if you want to be restored with them, I'm going to join you in the restoration process. So restore the relationship but do it privately. Don't put people on blast, needlessly exposing stuff that was between you. Number four, number four, number four, number four. Don't use your pain as justification for hatred or sin. Don't use your pain as justification for hatred or sin. Ephesians 4 and 26 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. All he's saying is, listen, listen, listen. You might get angry. 
with something that happened in the church. But watch this. He says, don't let it fester. And whatever you do, don't sin after you get angry. In other words, in other words, what they did to you, don't you turn around and do it to them. Be angry, sin not. Be angry, but let that anger cause you to go to your brother and your sister and reconcile the issue. Be angry and let the anger cause you to do something positive for the relationship to be restored. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Be angry and sin not. Number five, number five, number five. Don't let your pain cause you to withdraw from the purpose of the church. Don't let your pain cause you to withdraw from the purpose of the church. Paul says this also in the book of Ephesians. Uh, he says, he started listing the offices of the church. He said, and he gave some to be apostles. Y'all remember that? Some to be apostles, some to be prophets, and, and some to be evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. And then he said, and here's why he gave it. He gave it for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. He said, I'm giving these offices, and I want people to feel these offices. Why? So that the work of the ministry will take place, that the body will be edified, and that the people will be perfected. Watch this. And you cannot be perfected, you cannot be edified if you leave the very place that was established for your perfection. Y'all missing me. Y'all Listen, listen. What that means is, listen, I might be offended, but I'm not going to let the offense cause me to miss out on what God wants to do in me and with me and through me. The church is still the place that God has established for his work to take place. And I'm not going to remove myself from the very vehicle that has been established for my edification and for my perfection. If, if I get hurt, if, if I get mad, if, if there is a offense I'm going to resolve it and stay in the place that God intends for me to be built up the church is still God's best plan for his people to develop and mature the church is still God's plan and still the place where God expects us to be edified don't stop going to church because you've been offended. Somebody's watching on Facebook right now and you've, you've decided that that's going to be your church. I'm challenging you today and I'm charging you today. Go back to church. I'm talking to you. You who have been hurt and you've decided that, that you're not going to do the church thing anymore, but you know, you know that I'm speaking to you right now that God still intends to use you and use the church to minister to you. Get back in church. Two more things. Number six, don't let the clay feet of others cause you to lose sight of the glory of Christ. Don't let the clay feet of others. What do you mean by clay feet? Clay feet is simply, simply an expression that we use that suggests that, that, that we are yet undone. Clay feet means that God is still working on me. Clay feet means that I've still got some imperfections. I've still got a ways to go before I am perfected. And what, what this point means is don't let the, my undoneness get in the way of your relationship with God. 
here it is. So oftentimes, so oftentimes, we, we look at people who fail us or, 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 or cause problems or, or, or hurt and, or, 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 or they fall or falter in their own uh, faith walk and we look at them and we use them as an excuse for why we are where we are. No, 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 no. Don't, listen, listen. As much, as much as you look to me for leadership as you should, as you should, let me say that, it is right for you to look to your leaders for leadership. And if, if leaders can't lead, you ought to sit down. If, if you can't take the responsibility of others watching your walk, of others taking cues from you and how you live your life, if you can't deal with that, sit down. But, but please understand, leaders are not perfect. There's some undoneness still in the best of leaders. And when you get up close and you begin to see the chinks in the armor of some of your leaders, don't let that discourage you from pressing into your relationship with God. Pray for your leader, but you keep pressing into your relationship with God. Lastly, I'm through when I tell you this. Last thing, last thing. Don't allow the poor choices of a few cause you to choose not to love the church. Don't let the poor choices of a few cause you to choose not to love the church. You know, I've been in a few churches in my life, and I've seen a lot of things. I've seen the front door, and I've seen the back door. I've seen the upper side and I've seen the underbelly. There's some things that are beautiful about the church. And there's some things that I wish were different about the church. But of everything I know about the church, I choose to still love it. I wish y'all would come on and go with me. I said, I said, I, said, I choose to still love the church. Yes, it is flawed. Yes, it is filled with people who miss the mark. Yes, yes, we are imperfect people. And yes, there is some hypocrisy in the church. Yeah, all of that is there. But I choose to still love the church. Yeah, yeah, I choose to love the church. Yes, there are things that can happen in a church that can hurt people. But I choose to love the church. Why? Because I read somewhere that love covers a multitude of sins. That means, that means that when I see things that ought not be, my love for it says, you know what, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to help you be what it ought to be. But I ain't leaving you by yourself. I'm going to stay with you and stand by you because I love the church. I choose to love the church because I read where Paul said, if I speak with the tongues of angels, if I have not love, I'm just tinkling brass and sounding cymbals. He said, I could have the gift of prophecy. Yes, and I could fathom all mysteries and know all knowledge. He said, but if I don't have love. I, in other words, I can do all of these things. I could have faith to move mountains. I, I could preach and thousands get saved. But, but at the end of the day, if I'm not operating in love. If I don't live in love. 
if I don't extend love, if, if I don't wrap loving arms around people who have been hurt and people who have been wounded, if I don't love, Jesus said, you will know my disciples by their love. That means you can sing all day and all night till the rafters rejoice, but if you don't have love. You can quote scriptures until Jesus returns, but if you don't have love. Love that says to those who are hurting, come home. Love that says to those who are wounded, we may have done the wounding but we're going to extend forgiveness and we're going to pray and work through restoration. Love that acknowledges your own part that you played in the whole fiasco. Love that says welcome home. Listen, I don't know. I don't know who this is for. Maybe somebody in this place, maybe somebody watching. But love will lift you. Love will pick you up. Love will turn you around. The songwriter said, love lifted me when nothing else could help. It was love. I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within sinking the rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me now safe am I somebody say what was it it was love that lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love will lift you Love will remind you of what it means to be, listen, to be in the right place. I don't know how you've been hurt. I don't know who inflicted the harm. I don't know the scenario or the situation that has caused you to be somewhat resistant to the idea of church. But I want to say this to you. There is a bomb in Gilead. It makes the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead. It'll heal the sin-sick soul. And the church is still the place where God's healing for the hurting takes place if you're here this morning whatever your hurt whatever your wound whatever your scar whatever you bear I want to invite you this morning to be healed I want to invite you this morning to give it to God and experience the overwhelming love of the Lord it will lift you it will bring you it will give you a new start and your faith, wherever you've been, however you've been damaged by people or policies or projects or personalities. I want to extend to you.
there is a man who is perfect. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you don't know him, we want to invite you to get to know him this morning, to let him be Lord of your life. The doors of the church are open. You can come now by letter, by Christian experience, as a candidate for baptism. You can come for the first time, or you can come back home, or you can decide, yes, I'm coming back to the church, the place where I know I should be. Love will lift you. The doors of the church are open now. Come now. From the waters, from the waters, now sing. Come on, lift it up this morning. Come on, sing in love. Yes, love lifted me. Hallelujah. When nothing else, yes. Can you say it? Love, love, love. Oh, love. Thank God for love. When nothing else. Oh, love. Souls in danger look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. Love and so his obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Everybody sing love. Oh, love, when nothing, when nothing, hallelujah, thank God for love, oh, love, thank you, Lord, bless his name, when nothing else, when nothing else, oh, love, Lifted me, thank God for love. When nothing else, it was love lifting. Oh, love lifting. Sister Claude comes with a statement. Bless you, bless you. Good morning, church, or good afternoon. Um, Reverend Buckley, I want to thank you for that sermon. Um, bless you. That sermon was for me. It's bless nobody you. else. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. And at the time, I was 18, freshman in college. And when I had my oldest, you know, things weren't the way they are now. I couldn't be singing solos. You can't be the church secretary. You can't you can't give the back a large speech. You can't do nothing no more. And it hurt, but I'm thankful. 
I'm thankful for Mrs. Buckley, my family. I'm thankful for Mrs. Porter, Mr. Powell, the people that called me and said, baby, hold your head up. You do have people here that love you. And it's okay to come back to church. Amen. Others are coming for prayer. I'm going to ask Reverend Don if he would administer this prayer. Let's pray, church. Our most heavenly, gracious Father, Lord God, we thank you so much. We have so much to be grateful for. We thank you, Lord, for your reconciliation and your love that you have shown us all. We come now, Lord, for those that need in prayer. We thank you for the testimony that's been given us, Lord. We know that we don't live in a perfect world, but we're not even perfect ourselves. But, Lord, we know that you are a God of second chance and a God of forgiving. So, Lord, we come right now thanking you for those that come forward. We pray for those, Lord, and we acknowledge right now, Lord, we acknowledge the power of your Holy Spirit to move in their lives. We pray that you guide them and lead them. And most of Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message. We thank you for it has touched so many hearts. We know that your word, your word is true, and it will never fail. We thank you, Lord, for healing power. We ask that you touch right now in a mighty way. And we thank you, Lord. It is your son Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Wow. God is good. Amen. Amen. We're going to get ready and go from this place as we prepare to stand. Uh, yesterday we got a birthday boy. Yesterday was Pastor Meredith's birthday. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Got your birthday shoes on. I see you, Doc. I see you, boy. God bless you. Happy birthday to him. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Was it? Amen. All right. All right. Amen. God bless you. We're standing for the benediction. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you. Now, henceforth and forevermore, in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.